Hello, hello, my fellow podcast people. I hope you're doing very, very well on this fine Thursday evening or whatever day and time it is for you right now as you're listening to this podcast episode. I'm your host, as per usual, Azrin, the language nerd. You can find me primarily on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, YouTube, and I'm going to add a new one, a different introduction, throwing you guys for a twist, and on LinkedIn, as well as whenever I feel like posting on TikTok and on Tumblr. My username at all these platforms is exactly the same. It is at polyglotazrin. That is spelled P-O-L-Y-G-L-O-T-A-Z or Z, depending on your country, R-E-N. You can also simply search Azrin, the language nerd, on whatever your favorite social media platform is. So again, that is spelled A-Z or Z-R-E-N, the language nerd. And welcome to another podcast episode. I am very, very excited, as per usual, to be recording this one here. So I want to dive right into language learning stuff to kick this podcast off. There might be a couple of personal life updates I share, but I want to do it on the tail end today and not at the beginning. And in this podcast, I want to try and get really, really practical. And I want to give you some very, very simple, but very effective kinds of tips that can help you all on your on your own individual language learning journeys. So one tip that I want to give you that I've seen work for myself as well as a lot of other people is to keep a note file either on your phone or just in a small notebook that you carry around with all of, with all of the different vocabulary and grammar and everything that you've been learning throughout the day. I think this is very effective and it's a great way to, ha- to be tracking the new things you're learning. I think sometimes what can happen to different language learners not everybody, but some people, is you learn different things. You're learning new words and grammar and blah, blah, blah. You're doing your thing. You're going about your life. You're this, that, the other thing. But you're not, you don't really have it all in a very organized place. And so it's easy to either A, forget what you learned, or B, to remember what you learned and have it written down somewhere, but not in a way that is very easy to review. And so I think having a note file, whether on your phone, which is what I do, or just having one in a small notebook that you carry, I think it's a really good idea. You don't necessarily have to review the new words all of the time. I mean, personally, when I think about the Mandarin note file on my phone that I have, I have probably reviewed it, I don't know, twice in three months or four months, something like that, twice in three months. Um, So I don't review it very often, but every now and then I will go back and check the new things I learned and refresh my memory of, oh yeah, I forgot that I learned how to say that. Right, that word, of course, duh. I've seen this strategy work for a lot of people and I want to recommend it to the people who are listening to the podcast today. I think another big thing for language learners to consider is do you have what I'm going to call a spark? That's the term I'm going to use. This came up in my in my on my YouTube channel today. I made a video and I want to bring it to the podcast. So every single time I have learned a language, there's always a spark that that is that is inside my body, inside my mind that allows me to continuously chip away with that language. And that spark is pretty simple. There is something coming up in the near future. It could be literally tomorrow or it could be within the next year. So I would say within one year or less, 
there's something coming up where I'm going to have to use or have to know a certain level of the language within one year or less. I hope that made sense. I'll say that one more time in more concise language in case it was too unclear. Within one year or less, there's something that is going to be happening that will require me to have a specific level in another language. I'll give you some examples. Um, most recently, I was obviously in, uh, in Taiwan. The months leading up to my Taiwan trip were points where I was doing a lot of study because I knew I would be study I would be living with a homestay family and I wanted to make sure I could communicate at least some of the most necessary things and that I wasn't completely lost with the family and wasn't in very awkward situations. So I did some study of in Mandarin prior to arriving in Taiwan. Once I was in Taiwan, I needed Mandarin on a day-to-day -day basis because that is the language that everybody was using around me. So that was a very good spark, a very good motivation, a very good incentive to be practicing and trying to improve on a day-to-day -day basis. Right now, when we look at Mandarin, there is no real, there's no real reason for me to do active study and continue to improve my level. Not really. There's no, there's no, there's no need to do so. And as a result, nowadays, I'm probably doing zero hours of study a week for Mandarin. I'm not really doing anything. And it's probably going to stick around that way until September, because in September I go back to the university, I'm taking a Mandarin class, and so suddenly there's going to be a need for me to study Mandarin again. Because if I don't, I'm going to struggle in the classes, the tests are not going to be easy, I'm going to fall behind. So there's going to be a real short-term incentive to study the target language, which in this case is Mandarin. I can go on and on, like literally every single time I've successfully learned a language or successfully improved to my level in another language, that has been one of the driving forces that either A, I currently need to uh, improve in that language because I'm traveling abroad, or B, something is coming up in the near future where I'm going to need to have a certain level in order to succeed in said scenario. So this is something I recommend you think about. Many language learners do not have some kind of short-term necessity to get better or improve in whatever target language they are, you or, or a language learner is trying to learn. Um, another very practical thing to look at is the curriculum of whatever resource you are going to be using. This is a big one, and this is something I've never said before, but it occurred to me uh, yesterday, actually, and I think it's important to discuss this. <sighs> when you take a class, or when you use an online program, or when you, for any language learning resource, there is always some kind of curriculum or plan that you're going to be following. There's always something, right? There's some framework that you're following. I, I think it's important to look at that framework and you need to look at, does that framework, is the content that the particular course or lesson or study at home program, audio course, does that particular program cover the content that you are most interested in learning? So let me give you an example that, that occurred to me uh, yesterday. Yesterday, I was looking at some curriculums for classes, for, for uh, uh, some language classes in, um, in, you know, various different language schools. And I'm looking at some curriculums. I'm looking at what different levels of classes 
offer in terms of the curriculum, what types of what types of content and material is going to be covered. And I noticed something very interesting. There were some curriculums where in beginner lessons, like level one or, or like really, really beginner lessons, they are teaching things that are not the things you would actually need to start communicating immediately. So for example, there was a curriculum I saw where they were talking about writing letters and writing postcards. That was a part of their curriculum. Letter writing and postcard writing were two separate things on a beginner level curriculum. While being able to write a letter or being able to write a postcard, while that is a very good skill, like yes, you might write a postcard in your life. You might have to write some letters. You might like, yes, this, these are things that you might have to do perhaps. But as a beginner in the language, I would argue that perhaps, not even perhaps, probably the average beginner language learner is not immediately going to be writing any letters or trying to do that in the target language. Probably some of the stuff they're going to be doing is talking about them, talking about their name, their family, their likes, their dislikes, probably going to be talking about, you know, um, asking questions. How do you ask questions to other people to create a conversation? It's prob probably very conversational oriented things. Most likely, it depends on the person, but that would be my, my guess. So looking at this curriculum, if I were the beginner in that position, I would not have taken that class because the curriculum, I felt the curriculum did not match what my particular desired outcomes were in in the language. So I think when you're looking at different programs, it's important to look at those, the content that will be covered in that class to see if that's really what's what you are what you are looking for in said language. The final thing I want to talk about in this podcast is a little bit of a commentary. It's a commentary on um, something very nerdy, something very something that only uh, really nerdy language people, people who really are into language learning, would uh, have actually seen or would take their time to go out and watch or spend any kind of brain power on. And these are the videos on YouTube or Facebook or Instagram or, or whatever online platform where someone is doing some kind of activity in like some stupid number of languages. Like uh, the most recent one I saw was a video of, I think it's called something like unusual encounter between two polyglots and there's two polyglots who are speaking on camera and they're just having conversations for 12 minutes or 13 minutes in 21 different languages i believe it was 21 or there's different videos i mentioned this one on my facebook uh today actually which was called uh it's the video that got me into language learning as my line of work which was the video called Teen Speaks Over 20 Languages. It features a guy named Tim Doner. Some of you may have heard of this individual before. And on and on and on. There's lots of videos where there are people who are going about doing something, speaking in a really high number of languages, which obviously get a lot of hits and a lot of attention and it's etc. I think a lot of you can probably know what kinds of videos um, I am I'm talking about. Now, the general commentary that I want to make is the following. And I'm going to be careful with my words because I want to make sure that this comes across 
not in a negative tone because it, it's not a negative tone, but I have to be mindful of how I say this because I know it could come across as negative. Um, some of these vi in some of these videos, the people who are speaking and the people who are in the videos are not, you know, not always. Uh, I sh how do I say this? Sometimes the people in the videos are not actually super duper fluent in the language that in the languages that they are communicating in. So a great example is the one I just I, the one video I just referenced, the video where there are two people they meet and they're speaking in roughly 21 languages, something like that. I forget the exact number, but it's a high number of languages. And they're switching throughout languages in the video, right? You know, when I'm listening to them speak in these languages, I speak some of them that they use. I don't speak the majority of them, so I, I don't know, but some of them I speak. And they are, you know, they are definitely fine. They can get by, but they're not overly strong. I can notice it, I can hear it that they're not overly strong. They're making some mistakes. They are, they have a bit of an accent. There's some errors. They're understanding fine. They get their message across. Like for all intents and purposes, it is a very practical level of the language that they have, right? But it's not necessarily super duper fluent. That's something that's important to look at because I think sometimes we look at videos like this and we think that, oh, wow, they're, they speak 21 languages like it was their mother tongue incorrect. That's not what they've done. In fact, sometimes, maybe even often, I haven't seen enough to really say often with confidence, but let's say sometimes, because that's for sure true. Sometimes these people are able to have some basic conversations in 15 languages, 12 languages, 18 languages, 22 languages, in a, an ungodly amount of languages, a crazy number of languages. They can have basic day-to-day -day conversations in a very high number of languages, but that's as far as they can get. So a good example was in this video I saw of the people switching through 21 languages or whatever the number was, they only had a very shallow conversation in each language. It was a quick 90 second conversation, two minute conversation. And I wanna stress, this is very impressive. 21 or 20 or 15, 12, even five languages is very impressive. If you can have basic surface level conversations and have the other person understand and you can you can understand what they're saying. Like that is very impressive. Like let's let's start there. But I think we have to just be mindful that we are aware as the watcher that they're not speaking languages like a native speaker. They're not soup they're not super fluent. It's not, you know, we have to make sure that we take what we're seeing at face value, which is very impressive. No doubt about it. I do not speak 21 languages. I don't even speak 10 languages. I would not be able to make that video I watch with 21 languages. I would not be able to do that for six languages. Like that would be difficult. Like I just couldn't do it. So they are clearly way better than me. They're miles ahead of me in, in, in that respect for the number of languages that they speak in. And like, that's amazing, right? So it's very impressive, but you just have to make sure we don't look at it and get overly impressed, like more impressed than we should. I think, arguably, the effort and time and energy it would take to become, to achieve like a near native level fluency in let's say five languages or six languages is roughly the same amount of time it would take you to learn 21 languages at some kind of basic, very basic 
introductory uh, conversational kind of level, surface level conversation, to have surface level conversations. I think arguably. In fact, maybe, and this is me guessing, I don't even know because I don't have the experience of trying to learn a high number of languages, but to only go surface level deep, I just don't have that experience. My initial gut reaction is that it might even take a little bit, like 4% less effort to achieve some kind of surface level and 20 surface level ability in 21 languages than a very deep level in six languages for example again neither's better neither's worse as i said before i want to make sure there's no negative tone here um it's just uh i don't know i suppose i view it i don't know why i i, I feel it's worth mentioning i suppose it's like when you see a video i suppose it's like this this is the comparable thing there are a lot of people, like millions, maybe a billion, like there's a lot of people who believe that because such and such person has, you know, uh, such because such and such video online is going to get me lots of likes, that is the kind of video that is the right kind of video to make. I'm going to make this kind of video because it gets me likes or it gets me subscribers. It gets me followers. It gets me blah, 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 blah. But I'll be real with you. Just because something is very flashy or has clickbait or is uh, you've got really good artwork or it's a great title and it's like really exciting looking and and it gets lots of views and likes and comments and and lots of attention it doesn't necess- like it doesn't mean we should all strive for that it doesn't mean that's better it doesn't mean that that person's smarter than everyone it doesn't mean that you're it doesn't it, it all it means is lots of people watched it and i think a lot of us get tricked into it right we we think oh we've got lots of likes it's really good uh, maybe 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 it is maybe not like it really depends and i think we just need to, we just need to look at things at face value if that makes sense um and not get, I just, I don't know. I hope this is making some kind of sense. If it isn't, you know, I guess I'll come back to it another day once I've got a more clear and concise thought on it. But when I just see people getting super enamored, yeah, here, I got it. When I see people getting super enamored by these videos, oh my God, don't you know that so-and-so speaks 20 languages? Wow, this guy speaks 13. Oh my God, that's so impressive. Holy man, like that's, did you see that video where, uh, that guy goes and he starts speaking Chinese to the Chinese guy and and then he switches to Korean like seven seconds later like whoa like he keyed to that for 20 like oh my god that's so cool it is cool don't get me wrong but we're getting impressed by lights and flashes and stuff when there's other things that are equally impressive that we're not giving attention I am way like I'm way more impressed personally like, I have way more, not respect, but I'm way more impressed if I see someone who has, like, an impeccable language, impeccable level in one foreign language than average at 13. Because to become, become impeccable, like, really strong just in one, it's hard. And there hits a point where it's not exciting anymore. When you speak 20 languages or 13 or 10 or a high number at an average level, that means that you hit an average level and you had the opportunity to restart in a new language. Starting something new is exciting. 
new sounds, new challenges, new grammar, get to learn about a new culture, maybe new foods. If you're a traveler, you can travel to a new country. Like there's a lot of new, shiny, exciting stuff about it. Sticking with one language for 12 years to become impeccable at it gets boring after year three. You have nine years of boringness of like learning another idiom, learning another word, learning how to read Shakespeare in that language, learning about academic stuff, learning about essay writing, learning about linguistics, learning like the stuff that's boring that you don't want to do always, right? But you have to do it to achieve that impeccable level. So I get way more impressed by one language in what or rather one foreign language impeccably than 20 averagely, if that makes sense. So I think that's where my beef comes from is that we're getting we're giving a lot of attention to something that is very impressive. 20 languages, 12, 15, 13, 17, 18, 8, 7, 6, right? Uh, 9. I get it. That is very impressive and it deserves all the attention it gets. It really does. It deserves it. But what also deserves as much attention is someone who goes out and learns even just one language at a super deep level. That that deserves attention, but we, we, we don't give it, I, I just don't, we don't see that. You know what? I need to make a video. I wish I, I wish I spoke. I mean, I kind of wish I only spoke two languages and I spoke two really well. I'd make this video like, Polyglot speaks two languages. And I'd put like all these exclamation marks, make a crazy thumbnail as a bit of a parody or to make a point that, hey, two is really good. Two is better than 20 in many ways. Two is bigger than 20. I don't care if 20 looks bigger. Two is actually bigger. Anyway, um, what a weird way to end that off. I appreciate your attention. You guys rock. We'll talk uh, next time. Bye for now.